Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Joshua chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place to go after it. However, there should be between you a distance of about 2,000 cubits of measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way that which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Hey everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter and every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture and we are continuing to talk about Joshua and in this episode we are specifically talking about God's presence. So we are really glad that you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Happy New hey, Year. Mom. Happy New Year again. Again, again, again. How long do we say this for? Maybe January? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I won't say no, it again, I promise. Using, no, it's kind of, I mean, we're in second week yeah. of, so. That's true. I don't know. That feel. I feel like people are still saying it. Yeah, I agree. Still, and I have really enjoyed. resolution free, but. Yeah, um, yeah, you are. I did, we did do a word of the year, which we never, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I know some people do that every year. Mm-hmm. I don't typically. Every now, I think I've done it like twice. But yeah, we ended up doing a word this year. Do we want to share our words or no? Okay. Uh, I mean, all of our family did it. So we all gathered yeah. together on uh, New Year's we Eve. We all had a word. And yep. we all had a word. And uh, I've never done that. Like, I didn't even know what in the world are y'all talking about. But <laughs> I now see the concept, and I think it's great. Yeah. So, so what's your word? My word, ironically, is Rest. Because why is that um, ironic? I have well, because I happen to be studying almost all of last year and then this year, even though it's been two weeks, in the book of Joshua. And Joshua was entering into the promised land to give the people rest. And so the way that I am using and thinking about the word and want to apply my life is that when I start to struggle trying to do things in my own strength, that I'm going to rest in him and I'll ask him to do it in and through me. Well, doesn't mean I'm not I'm not taking a nap. I, I mean, that would have been nice. I'm yes. not going to go to bed all, all year, but I'm just going to remind myself that I don't need to struggle. I don't need to fret. I just need to rest in him. Yes. So that's my word. Love that. Thank you. Mine is hope. Mm. I'm not going to go into it a ton, but I just, I feel like I need the Lord to breathe some hope into my heart. Mm. I'll just and, leave it at that. Yeah. Well, you know, He is the anchor of our soul and He is the hope. So I know that He will mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I need hope in a lot of areas. Like I, I have my hope in Him, but yeah. Anyway. You want it to splash out into everything else? Yes. I yes. understand. Well, so. you know, um, I can't even imagine what Joshua must have felt. And we might have talked about this last week, but just how he had to get so excited. Finally, you talk about losing hope. Can you imagine wandering around for 40 years? I mean, kind of. Well, you probably can. Uh, <laughs> I actually can't really. Actually, actually yeah. never thought of it. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> okay. Well, then you'll understand. You will be able to feel the excitement that Joshua must have felt. 
when he heard God say, get up, move forward, let's go, it's time, it's time. And I know that probably that is probably what you are wanting God to to say. And maybe his word would be hope too. (laughs) (laughs) But I I know that, that God gave Joshua these instructions. And, you know, as I was thinking about Joshua, he never led anyone else. He, I mean, Moses had done that, and Moses now is dead, and now right. Joshua's got the big responsibility. And I, I know one thing is Joshua is around, and he saw how those people treated Mo, uh, Moses. So, you know, he probably had a little hesitance. And yeah. I just found it interesting when you know God was telling Joshua, you know, don't, no, don't do it. be afraid, you know, be strong, be courageous, and. Because uh, I'm with you, and I think that that mm-hmm. was an encouragement that was hopeful uh, to Joshua, and the fact that he could be a leader because he was allowing God to lead him. And I yeah. think that that's a principle. If you are going to be a leader, you need to know who's leading the leader. And um, yeah, and, and I think that that's what we're going to talk about today. And the fact that God told uh, Joshua, you know, when you see the art of the covenant, you go after it. And the Ark of the Covenant was God's presence. It was a symbol. It was a reminder of God's presence in the midst of, you know, in the camp. And uh, all through the wilderness, the Ark of the Covenant was there. And he said, when you see the priests take the Ark of the Covenant and they go into the, you know, into the Jordan and they step into that Jordan, you go after it. When you see them take that Ark of the Covenant, that's when you wrap up everything and you go forward. I have a question about the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Because I know in the Old Testament, before mm-hmm. Jesus, right. that is, well, yeah, that is yeah. where the presence of the Lord was. And then it was in the temple when Solomon built the mm-hmm. tem- temple. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to remember, like, how did that come to be? Like, who started that? <laughs> I'm sure God did. But I just mean, yeah. like, how I can't, I'm trying to remember, like, how that came to pass. Like, how... Like God all of a sudden was like, hey, I'm gonna my presence is gonna be in this box. Like, was it is it and and I know there's parts of this that we don't fully know or understand mm-hmm. because it's God and we don't understand everything. But I'm like, is it was it uh, the Holy Spirit that was in this box? Was it just you know like what? No, I think I don't it was know. The just glory like, of God. I think there were several things in the Art of the Covenant that was put in the Art. That was the Ten Commandments that God. You know, gave Moses, um, Aaron's uh, staff was in the Ark of the Covenant, but it was just a. So it's more of like a representation. Representation, of his right? Got it. It's of, not like the Holy that. Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in the Ark of the Covenant. It's just it represented His presence. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah, but it's still true for us. A holiness. Oh, absolutely! It's like a reminder that that God was there. Yeah, because I remember in times before the temple was built you know, other people would like capture the Ark of the Covenant and it did not go well for them and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, so yeah, it was like this, it was obviously incredibly holy and the Lord, even though the Holy Spirit was not in it, it was, anyway, I just was. Well, it was holy and it was powerful because it was God's presence was there. But now you can't capture God's presence (laughs) and put it in a, in an Ark and any kind of uh, cubit, but you uh, but it was just a reminder to the people. It's just like the cloud over the head, you know, their head, cloud by mm-hmm. night, and I mean, cloud by day, and the, um, 
509, that, you know, it's just to re- a reminder that God was with them. And I think that that's... Yeah. So that came about in the desert, because the ark wasn't before the desert. That was something right. Moses and the Lord kind of... Mm-hmm. He was yes, like, hey, it was put doing this worship. In the car. And that represents, yeah. Okay. And so as as we think about uh, I mean, we could go into big detail about the art of the covenant, but no, I just thought just to have the general understanding right. of yeah, what that means and what that is. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say Jesus is that symbol to us. Jesus is a representation of of who God is. Jesus came and left heaven and he was the exact representation of who God is. The disciples said, you know, show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long that you don't know? You haven't seen. Mm -hmm. You see me. You see the Father. And so, obviously, Jesus is God. But the fact that Jesus was on earth and dwelling among them, that would be a symbol. It's just a symbol. It's just a visual for us as humans to be able to try to capture and imagine what it would be like to have God in, in our presence. And that's what yeah. Joshua is, well, three a little, is about. Yeah, but I think it, it's a little different, though, because Jesus being God and a person. Right. But the Ark of the Covenant was just, it's almost like it's things that represented His presence. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of right. who God but is, I'm, that God was there. And the Jesus being, is a person, but it still was a symbol. Still, It was a reminder God. of who who God is. But, you know, I think... We would see that Jesus would do miracles, and he did the miracles to prove that he was God. And when you see the Art of the Covenant, there were miracles. That was what happened when the priest took the Art of the Covenant, and when they stepped into the Jordan River, you know, the Jordan River split open. So that's, that was a picture of God's power. It wasn't the, the actual box of the Art of the Covenant that you know, split the sea open. It was the fact that God's power was there. And I think that what's important for Joshua and for those people and for you and for me is to know that we're not left alone. We're not abandoned. We're not forsaken. We have God and that we have Jesus, you know, who his Holy Spirit dwells in us. But they needed to know that they had God. Yeah. That's what I always, when I read through the Old Testament, that always mm-hmm. sticks with me is whether it was the Ark of the Covenant or in the temple, how revered and holy and like, I don't even know what the word is, but just the reverence that you have for God's presence in the Ark of the Covenant and in the temple. But that's, that is within us after Jesus, you know, like if you accept right. Jesus, holy like that mm-hmm. same, yeah. And just seeing that, like, if, you know, someone went to the temple and, you know, wasn't a priest and went before the Lord, you know, went before, mm-hmm. you know, whatever in the whole, in the temple, like there was consequences, you know, like just that they were mm-hmm. very, there are these rules, there was certain ways that you would have to approach the Lord and, you know, just all mm-hmm. of these things that I don't, I don't well, know, totally I guess get, it's like. Well, we're totally getting off the subject, but we're not even no, in Joshua God's anymore. Presence. But no, it is God's presence. It, it is His presence. It do is you want to have a conversation? Yes, I do. And I want to say this, is that, Yes, this was a sign of God's holiness, and God yeah, did not take it lightly. No, but I'm just saying, like how amazing it is that we have the Holy Spirit within us. When absolutely you see the Ark of the Covenant, 
parting the waters, Mm -hmm. when you see the temple and how when people would go before the Lord in the temple, if they didn't go, you know, they had to put a rope Mm -hmm. around their waist to go into the temple just in case they like, you know, died from the, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. presence of the Lord because it was so, you know, we, our humanists can't, can't even be in the presence of it because it's so holy and amazing. So, and they had to put a rope on their waist so they could drag them out if they happened to, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I that's what I think is so amazing is the presence that is that we're seeing in the Ark of the Covenant. We have even more so the Holy because we, we have the Holy Spirit within us, and I just think that's amazing. I think we don't we take that for granted. I do. Well, at least. we do. Well, we do. And it, well, I think that, that's maybe why not I, take it for granted. I guess I don't fully like tap into that, which I think we talked we've talked about that before. I, I just want to say that, you know, with Jesus and the, you know, he said, it's good that I go away because if I go away, I'll send you a comforter and he'll, you know, come and he will dwell with you. And in the Old Testament, God's spirit was there, but it wasn't consistent. It was come and go. You would see God's glory. You'd see God's power. You'd see God's presence. And then, you know, the prophecy, it talks about that there would come a time when, you know, he would put, his spirit upon all mankind, and they would have, you know, be able to, you know, have their, you know, his spirit within them. Well, when the Holy Spirit came, that was a fulfillment of that prophecy. But there's also many scriptures that talks about that our body is the temple of God, which means that we, it is holy. And so you're right in the fact that I wanted to kind of put foundation on this is that we don't really think about that our bodies is the temple of God. And if we think about that God Spirit is dwelling in us, which, you know, at creation, he breathed in us, then sin, you know, separated us from from that in the fact that now, because we have been born again, and we're a new believer, and we are a follower of Jesus, and we have his spirit within us, there's this holiness that we should be in awe of, of the fact that it lives within us. And I do think you're right in the fact that we really take that for granted, that God's presence and his holiness is within us. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we talked about preparing to move forward. Joshua and them, you know, I said, meditate on God's word and to do everything that it says. Don't look left and right. And in other words, prepare your mind and your heart and your soul to to grab hold of what God has for us, had for them. And so I think as they prepared their heart and and get their heart right, now it was time for them to move on. And I think every time we see where God shows up, there's a change of life. And I think that, you know, with uh, Joshua 3, what God was saying to to the people, uh, tell them that when they see God, you move forward. And I think that for us, we sometimes miss God. Like you were talking about, well, He's with us, He's in us. But he's also within our circumstances. So we can literally see God's hand so often in our lives. But if we are too concentrated on the Jordan, we're too concentrated on our circumstances. If we're too focused on what's going on around us, sometimes God's presence will be there, but we don't always see him because we're Mm -hmm. blinded by the fact of our circumstances. And yeah. I think that that's the principle here. I think in verse four, how it says, you know, for you, you have not passed this way before. That always mm-hmm. sticks out to me because, and I was just thinking when you're talking, how 
in all reality, every day we wake up is that principle. Like mm-hmm. we have not passed this way before because we haven't lived this day yet. You know, we haven't like sometimes. And I think if we were to look at every day as, okay, we never passed this way before. God knows what's ahead. God knows the seas that are ahead of us. And if we focus on his presence and we focus on him, then, you know, he will lead. He will, Mm -hmm. you know, we will walk through whatever waters, whatever the day may hold. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I'm like, if we didn't know where we were going, you know, when I'm using, Mm -hmm. I use, you know, ways to, for GPS Mm -hmm. everywhere I go, because just for traffic purposes, even if I know where I'm going, I just always have it on. And for the most part, and when I know, you know, when I'm going back and forth between Nashville and Atlanta, I could do that drive with my eyes closed Mm -hmm. because I know it like the back of my hand, but I always have ways on. But if I'm going somewhere, you know, I drove to Knoxville a month Mm -hmm. or two ago and I hadn't done that in years. So I didn't know Mm -hmm. where I was going. I paid a lot closer attention to ways. And I think that's part of it is if we looked at our days, like we're going somewhere we've never been before. I think we, at least I, I would hope I would be more attuned to the presence of God, you know, like, okay, what do you want for me today? What do you mm-hmm. have for me? What are we going to face? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? Or, you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. different, different things. But I think we, we tend to wake up thinking like, okay, this is just another day, just like every other day. But in all reality, it's not because, I mean, maybe it looks like it, but we haven't lived this day yet. And, you know, what if we woke up like, okay, we've never gone this way before. So I need to stay close to his presence. Yeah. I agree. And I think one of the problems or one of the challenges not only did the Israelites have, but we have as uh, just people in general, we don't expect God to do anything. We wake up every day thinking we got today figured out. And we're not looking for Him. We're looking at how we, our daytimers, we're looking at our calendars, we're looking at things. And I think that that was an encouragement to, to Joshua and the group because. They did not know anything about the promised land. They did send spies to kind of figure it out a little bit, but basically they'd never been there. And I think that one of the things that was really speaking to my heart as I was reading this and studying it is that, you know, in my life, like you said, you wake up every day and you think you do the same thing every single day. And you know, there's some people don't wake up. And there's some people that get a phone call that their day is totally different. They are in a situation that they did not think they would be in or they dreamed or wished they'd never be in. And we just assume that every single day is going to be the same. And I think that that's why God was saying, when you see the art of the covenant, when you see me and you see that I'm in the middle of the of your world kind of thing, you go after it because you just don't know what I'm going to do. And I think one of the issues is that we're so caught up on the rivers flowing as banks. It was at the, you know, the the most water the Jordan had at the time. You're talking about timing. You always talk about timing. And here is this uh, raging Jordan, and now the priests are going there. He says, you go after it. In other words, you follow me. And I think that that's the, the key is that we don't wake up. We look at the Jordan River or we look at our lives and feel like everything's, you know, crashing around us. We feel like if 
you know, we're going down for the third time and we're waiting on someone to rescue us. And God's like, you know what? Don't look at that. I am here. And I think we, you're talking about not really respecting and honoring the holiness of God being in us. I don't think we even really respect and honor the fact that God's leading us and that God is, you know, involved in our lives. And I, I, I pray every day, like, God, and, and I just want to encourage someone to, to, to write this down and ask God and, and think about this. Like, why are you expecting God to do something? Are you looking for God in, in your life? Has the clouds of despair and hopelessness, as you know, you've talked about, you know, wanting hope, has that covered your eyes? I, I think we have a hard time seeing God because of the darkness of the world around us are the tears that are in our eyes. And I think for me, I've just asked God to, to say, God, I don't want to miss you. You know, I just recently was telling someone, it was actually a doctor of mine, that I knew that God had brought her into my life. And do you know, I know that. And the reason I know that is because I asked God to show me what to do. Should I go to this doctor? And I knew that God worked it out, you know, and I saw his presence there. And I see God work in that situation. And I think sometimes... Carol, we don't see God in situations because we haven't asked Him to show us who He is. We're so caught up in our world and, and trying to not drown that we don't even realize that we have the God who splits the waters in two. And we don't expect Him to do a miracle. We don't expect Him to do wonders. And I do think that God understood Joshua and the Israelites' concern about every day being an uncertainty. And I think he care, he understands how we think and how we feel about the uncertainties of life. And I think that that's an encouragement in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. It, it talks about knowing these things in the Old Testament and how God worked among his people and use those things and look at those things because we're not the Israelites. We're not trying to go over to the promised land but he says, use these things that God has allowed us to reserve through Scripture about God's working with His people, and we can learn lessons about how not only how they responded to God, but how God responded. And it teaches us a lot about His character and how He deals with His people. And the same, that's, the, that's the same God. Maybe different circumstances, but same God. Maybe different people, but it's same God, and God works the same. Yeah. No, I, amen. <laughs> No, I just, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, I was agreeing with all, I was thinking, yeah, we don't, it says, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Mm -hmm. We don't, Don't expect. I don't even, I feel like either we don't think that he will, like we don't have the faith to believe that he will do wonders, or we just don't even think about it at all. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. not even on our mind to even, like it doesn't even register, like, oh, wait, like God could do wonders. And maybe the wonder is he led you to a certain doctor, you know, like that. And it, you know, like there's just, I feel like we sometimes expect God to do wonders a certain way, but it's like, well, maybe he wants to do wonders in ways that you don't know, you know, like you don't know what wonders he's going to do. We're waiting on every, we're waiting on our Jordan River. We're waiting on that big miracle. And we feel like God's not even around if we don't see our world just split in two and God just stepping in and, you know, rescuing us from, you know, going down for the third time. But the fact that I got up out of bed today, 
that's a miracle. It's a wonder. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have God, if God had not created me with muscles to get my legs to get out of bed, right? And you know, the ability. There's some people didn't get out of bed, and so I think that one of the things that we forget about is what God has done uh, in on the cross and sending His Son. And that he rescued us. He forgave us for our sins. He died for our sins. That's a wonder. That's like doing wonders around us. But we just throw that aside. That's just, you know, that was old timey or, you know, that's nice. I'm glad that I'm forgiven, but I really need really something else. I really want more. And and I think that it all depends on what we call and what we view is a wonder of God's working in our yeah. lives. Well, and the beautiful thing is if you're a follower of Jesus— we have his presence. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if if it's like, okay, I, I want that. I want to be more aware of his presence or I want my eyes to be open to his wonders or, you know, whatever. It's like, well, it's yeah. there, you know, like uh, it's just a matter of, you know, asking him to help you see or, you know, opening your eyes or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's the, we don't, his presence is already there, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about this verse? It says, when you see the art of the covenant of the Lord your God, when you see it in place, go after it. And I think that that's what God is saying to us. When you see me, go after me. Seek me. Run after me. See and, and ask me to open your eyes to, to lead you in paths that you don't even think or you can't even imagine you would ever, you'd ever go. And if you see me working, which I think that's one of the problems is we're too much you know, worried about the storm. But I think that for me, Kara, what, what God, I think, is really put in my heart is when you see me, since you've been asking about seeing me, go after me. And I think that that gives you excitement because you never know where God's going to lead you. And it gives you an encouragement to say, well, if I'm following him and he's leading me, I'm not going to fail. And that there is excitement. You know, a lot of people, you know, do not feel and talk about first of the year. You know, they don't feel like there's a lot of purpose in their life, that there's not a lot of uh, reason to live. There are people that are listening to this conversation that are sitting there and going, I've been waiting on God to do wonders forever. And he hasn't done it. So I've given up hope of, or I've given up any desire to even try to look for God. But he's there. You know, we just got back from the beach. And I saw the most beautiful sunsets. And I would sit on the ocean, and I would see the waves just come so far, and it would stop, and I looked at it. And I didn't just sit there and look at the waves. You know what I looked at? I said, in my mind, I would think, God, you stopped that wave. You, you know, you, you created that. And it says that the, the creation, you know, declares His glory. God's presence is in creation. And so... You know, I don't know how people really see God in the way that they see it, and I don't worship creation, but I see His presence there. I worship God, and I think that that's the key as we are, you know, going around in, in, in our everyday life. God's presence is there. Our problem is we're blinded because we don't really think or desire to see Him. But I, I can tell you this, Kara, whenever I pray, God, don't let me miss you. I think about Mary and Martha in the New Testament when Jesus was sitting there, and Martha was so concerned about getting her dinner done, and Mary is sitting at his feet. And I, I would look at that, and I'd think to myself, God, you're here with me. Don't let me miss you. Don't let me be so busy that I miss you. And I think that's 
where we can move forward is when we know that we have God and that we can have hope and we can have expectation of thinking we can move forward because uh, we're following God. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.